Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, Xbox. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of January 4th, 2024, including a new year is here, and with it comes a lot of expectations for Xbox. Let's overview the games and hardware we have on the horizon, as well as speculate about what the year 2024 holds for the brand. All that and more. On this day in, well, not Xbox history, but gaming history, 23 years ago in the year 2001, RuneScape was released for, for web browsers worldwide. I guess you could play it on a uh, on a Windows PC. Windows, of course, an operating system made by Microsoft. Microsoft, of course, the parent company behind Xbox. So see, of course, in a weird, strange, roundabout way, RuneScape is... is uh, you know, quintessential Xbox experience. I mean, if you didn't play, if you didn't play RuneScape in 2001, 23 years ago, I mean, were you even really an Xbox fan? So, yeah, I, I mean, yes, it's no notable games really came out on January 4th. I'm sorry, it's hard to find the the freaking AAA game of the year contender that was released on January 4th. So, yeah, we had to dig deep at the bottom of the barrel there. And you know what? I don't mean to say that because it's a little bit of an insult. And uh, I have a big old soft spot for RuneScape because RuneScape is a game I enjoyed very much uh, during my youth. I played that a whole lot in like fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. So RuneScape, shout out to you. Still going strong. I downloaded the mobile version when it when it finally came out on mobile a couple of years ago and played it for a little bit. And I was like, mm, I'm, I'm past this game, but that doesn't make it any less great of a game. I just wish I could have played this shit on mobile, you know, like maybe when when I was in seventh grade and eighth grade and like the iPod Touch was starting to come out and things like that. But no, the 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 ship has sailed. RuneScape, uh, you are serving a new generation that I am not a part of, but I do appreciate you being there for me in my youth. So shout out to RuneScape. I think that's the first time we've ever featured a game that's not an Xbox game in this segment. I mean, there's really like just absolutely nothing here, so... We're giving the shout out to RuneScape. That's how we're starting off the year. Welcome to Xbox On in the year 2024. Uh, 2024, yeah. Um, so, hey, New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. Hope you had a great New Year. Hope everyone was safe, ate some yummy food, got caught up on some sleep, caught up on some video games, and uh, is rested, recharged, ready to get back to it. If you're like me, the, the holiday season pretty much just felt like any other work week because you didn't really get a whole lot of time off, but that's okay. There is something, you know, whether, whether you got a job where you, you, you know, nose to the grindstone or whatever the saying is during uh, times like, like Christmas and new year, or whether you're, you're one of those people who's got like a, Oh yeah, take a week's vacation and the kids are out of school, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much on uh, all the way towards the R side of the, of the spectrum. And, and, uh, and I must say, Regardless, the holiday season still feels like kind of a break from the norm. So whether you're working, whether you're not working, whether you're in school or out of school, there's just something kind of relaxing and like it feels like the whole world slows down a little bit and just kind of comes together and is like, yeah, you know what, let's uh, 
let's let's buck the the daily uh, you know the the daily uh, routine a little bit and just do something a little different. That's and that that's what that's what I think I admire most about the holidays. As I get older, it's not like oh I hope I get toys for Christmas. It's more like I just like that the whole world kind of gives up a little bit on the uh, on the routine. I like that at work, whether it's busier than usual or slower than usual or like some crazy shit's happening or not. I just like that it feels different. I like those days you go into the office and it's like, oh yeah, you work in the office, but everyone in the corporate level took the week off because they're more important than you. So like, you know, you're emailing someone about something, but they're out of the office and then you email someone else and they're out of the office and you're like, why am I even at work? And you're just kind of there. And it's like, oh yeah, but it's like the holidays. So it's kind of fun because it's like everyone's on this weird little, uh, little little mode where we're just breaking things and, and then then january rolls around it's like take down your fucking festive lights uh, and then everyone's back in the office everyone's in a pissy mood traffic gets bad again and then we go right back to brushing our teeth at 5 30 in the morning and and uh slapping a slapping a bagel in the toaster for 30 seconds more than we should just so we can get something on the road before we go back to the old uh routine what am i even fucking talking about holy holy hell yeah this this podcast has been hemorrhaging i, I will say Peak listenership was definitely during the pandemic. We were getting sometimes over a thousand listeners per week. It was kind of fucking insane. There were weeks where we were getting like 12, 1300 listeners. I'm like, I'm a fucking guy in my apartment just talking about Xbox. I have no authority on the subject whatsoever. And over a thousand people would be listening to the podcast over the years. Definitely seen a sharp decline in listenership. And a little bit of that is, you know, people kind of going back to the the, the regular life the podcast, you know, in general, people going like, out to bars and going to work again. We're not all staying at home listening to guys uh, talk about Xbox, but um, you know, these conversations I like to think probably don't, don't help with the listenership. So resolution for 2024, maybe stay on topic a little more, maybe stick to the script a little more. I don't know. We'll probably break that uh, in this very episode. Speaking of breaking conventions, guys, welcome to Xbox on episode 240. Fuck, 240, yep. Much like we have to do every year around this time, there's just not much going on in the news, so we can't really do the proper run of show. I mean, unless you guys want to really just like have your eyes water uh, for, for two hours of me just being like, in other news, uh, Skull and Bones is getting another beta. You know, like, we're not we're not talking about that shit. So what we usually do around this time of year is, uh, is come up with some fun podcast ideas, some topics to kind of get us into the, you know, get us amped up and geared up for the next year of Xbox. So last week, we did our final episode of 2023 where we talked about our favorite games we played in 2023. Shout out to Hunter. Thank you for being on the show last week and doing that with me. I think people enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing it. That's all that really matters is I enjoyed recording the podcast with you, my friend, and I, and I hope people out there enjoy listening to it. But this week, now that it's 2024, we're going to do something a little different where rather than looking back to the past year of gaming, we're going to look ahead to the upcoming year of gaming and uh, talk about games that are coming out this year that are notable to Xbox, uh, 2024 for Xbox, what the brand looks like, uh, what they got coming up, what the rumors are, what the leaks suggest, uh, what we think is going to happen, and kind of just a little overview on like Xbox and the year 2024. What does it mean? You know, so uh, I'm excited to get into that. I think 2023 was just an overwhelmingly busy year for like just absolutely everything. 2023 was crazy. Like if you like video games, there was no shortage of good video games. If you like movies, there's no shortage of compelling movies and uh 2024 seems like it's pumping the brakes quite hard and now we're kind of going back to a more regular stream of like there's a little something for everyone but you know if you if you if you if you budget your time just right you might be able to play all the games you want to play this year so we'll get into all that 
Um, so needless to say, format's going to be a little different this week. I think what we should do is start out with some couple like little tiny stories, things that would normally be done at the end of the show. And then from there, we'll get into what I've been playing. And then from there, we'll get into our whole uh, 2024 Xbox overview. And then we'll end with some comments if that sounds good. So, uh, yeah, let's start out with a couple of important enough news stories, stories important enough to make the podcast, but not important enough to warrant their own discussions, of which uh, we got three here. So I do just want to quickly say, um, so according to, this is from VGC, but according to a Disney Parks blog uh, post, I'd never in a million years thought I would be... Um, referencing or citing a, a Disney parks blog, uh, post on an Xbox podcast, considering, um, I, I read this blog all the fucking time and it's basically just Disney's PR wire website for theme parks, but it's, uh, it's relevant to it's for the first time it's relevant to Xbox news. So, um, by way of VGC, uh, they, they said in their parks blog, uh, post, that uh, they're talking about, you know, listing like upcoming Disney things for 2024. And they talked about Star Wars because apparently Star Wars is Disney. And uh, they said Star Wars Outlaws is confirmed to be released in 2024. But their their uh, their direct quote says Star Wars Outlaws, the open world Star Wars game is set to release late this year. And this is notable because originally Ubisoft, the publishers of this game, were talking about Star Wars Outlaws. Being a 2020, like an early to spring, like kind of 2024 game. And now it's, it's been delayed seemingly to late 2024, even though there's never a firm date put on this game. So, uh, Star Wars Outlaws, a 2024 release seemingly coming later this year. I mean, Ubisoft just put out an avatar game in December. Ubisoft is no stranger to the December release window. So it is possible Star Wars Outlaws is a December release. Although I, I think, you know, if they're saying late 2024, uh, I think they're probably going to shoot for at least a November date. You know, you want to get that black Friday shopping season, uh, at least all of it, if you can. Um, so my, that's my guess, but Star Wars Outlaws confirmed 2024 game, but late 2024. Next up, South Park Snow Day has been dated, and there's a couple collector's editions. THQ uh, announced that the release date will be March 26, 2024, so quite the opposite of Star Wars, where we're getting this much earlier in the year. It will be on PC and Xbox consoles. The standard edition of the game is $30 US, but there's a digital deluxe edition for $50 that includes more cosmetic stuff and weapon types and new game modes. And then there's also like a physical deluxe edition that comes with other shit, but I don't know the price or what it comes with because no one really cares. But there you go. Star, or Star Wars Snow Day. South Park Snow Day, March 26th, coming quite soon. So be on the lookout for that if you wanted that 3D co-op uh, South Park game. And then lastly, uh, from Xbox Wire, we got a couple uh, we got a couple Game Pass updates here. So new month, which means new games coming and going from Game Pass. So I thought we'd just go through those real quick. So available today, Close to the Sun is on cloud, console, and PC. Hell Let Loose, cloud, console, and PC, available today. And then coming soon, the following games will be on Game Pass this month. On January 9th, you got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That was a launch window Xbox Series X game. Uh, on cloud console and PC figment on cloud console and PC. Also Assassin's Creed Valhalla being there is kind of notable because that's a, uh, should be Ubisoft plus whatever game. And here it is in game pass, uh, super mega baseball on January 11th, as well as we happy few, which I don't remember the reason for why that left game pass at one point, since technically they're an Xbox owned team now, but I guess the game wasn't published by Xbox game Studios, So that's why maybe Xbox doesn't have total licensing control or IP control over. We happy few. Um, and then also on January 16th, 
Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake comes to Cloud Console and PC, probably the biggest game on this list, and then those who remain on January 16th as well. Um, but it's not all gains. There are some losses, as always. So on January 5th, Grand Theft Auto 5 will be leaving Cloud and Console on Game Pass. Every time Grand Theft Auto 5 comes to Game Pass, it only ever stays for a couple months max, so this is no surprise there. And then also leaving January 15th, this one is surprising here, Persona 3 and Persona 4 are leaving Cloud Console and PC. I mean, they've, they've only been here a few months. That's kind of surprising, especially because a lot of Sega stuff, Atlas being part of Sega, a lot of Sega games usually stay with Xbox and with Game Pass for quite a while, so I am a little surprised by that. Also leaving on January 15th are Garden Story and MotoGP 22, so play them now if you uh, if you, if you you want, because they'll be gone from Game Pass forever, or for a while, beginning on January 15th. Alright, those are all the little stories, uh, just a little palate cleanser, that way we can't say we didn't talk about Xbox at the top of the show, at the top of the year, you know, at the top of the top of the first show of the year, um, but with that said, we're not going to get into any more Xbox news, we're going to take a break, talk about games I've been playing, talk about a little bit of nothing, and then get into the this year in Xbox, What what, what is coming to Xbox in 2024, I'm excited to get into this because it's nice to have that little refresher, kind of orients you gets you in the headspace of like okay 2023 happened everyone hated redfall whatever let it go what are we looking forward to what's the focus for the next 12 months so it'll be nice to go through that and kind of ingratiate ourselves refresh ourselves on xbox's 2024 layout but before we get into all that guys let's talk about the games i've been playing this week uh, i'm very actually i'm actually very excited to talk about the games i'm playing uh, but before we can even do that because uh tradition dictates uh, I must first tell you what it is I have been eating. That's right. 2024 is no different. I can never tell you about the games I'm playing until I tell you about what I've been eating. And in this regard, I don't have anything too special to talk about, although I do want to give a very special shout out. So one of my coworkers was talking about some fucking grocery store I don't remember the name of because it doesn't matter. And I was like, never heard of that grocery store. What's that? I assume it's some northeastern thing because everyone in the state of Florida is actually secretly from the north. And he said, well, it's not from New York, but it's from Pennsylvania. And it's this grocery store called whatever the hell it's called. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I looked it up. It's a, it's a chain of grocery stores. It exists. It's got a weird name. And he was talking about how it's an institution in Pennsylvania. And if you don't go there when you're in Pennsylvania, you're an idiot. You're not a real person of Pennsylvania, whatever. I don't care about any of that. But I did look up the store because I wanted reference for like what it was, what kind of store it is. And, uh, it immediately reminded me even almost down to the font where it looked almost exactly like a different local or regionalized chain of grocery stores that I grew up shopping at as kind of a more like tertiary grocery store, but I have not seen been to thought about at all. And in many, many years, especially because we just don't have them here in Florida. And that, that store is called Ingalls. So Ingalls is, I think Ingalls is one of the like, ultra regionalized like very specific small region ones because i know like you got i forget the name what's the one the big one in like in like california and on the west coast you got like ralph's and then of course you got like the old school one, like piggly wiggly which is i guess all up and down the east coast but isn't really as common these days but i think they still have a couple up north we had a piggly wiggly in atlanta but it was like in the middle of like nowhere anyone would ever be um and then like like here in florida you know i lived I live 30 minutes from the birthplace of Publix, which is like a fucking cultural epicenter for, for people of Florida. And, and Publix has had a huge 
reaching impact in the South in general. I mean, I grew up in Georgia and we had Publix everywhere. And then I think they even have Publix as far North as like Virginia these days. So Publix is a pretty huge regional grocery store brand. If you're in the South at all, um, you know, shout out to Publix. I love Publix. They were my first employer. They, they did me right at age 15, 14, four, I was 14 years old when they hired me as a part-time bag boy. Uh, anyway, doesn't matter. So I'm thinking about all these different chains and, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Up north, you guys probably have, I don't know. I, the north is crazy. You guys probably have one called like fucking like shoots and ladders. And it's like where you go to like trip and die because the north is dangerous and it snows all the time and everyone's aggressive. I don't fucking know. But in Georgia, we had a chain, a regional chain of grocery stores called Ingalls. I'm actually pretty sure they're from North Carolina. I think it's the birthplace of Ingalls. But they're in a couple states. I think they're only like three or four states, but Georgia being one of them. And growing up, it was always like you had Publix, Kroger, and then Ingalls was like a very distinct third place. It's kind of like, you know, when you talk about like the the big, uh, the big warehouse stores, you know, you got Costco and Sam's Club. And then there's BJ's kind of trailing behind being a little, a little shithead third place, little, little brother or something like that. Um, I don't know. What, what's the equivalent in like supermarkets? You got Walmart, Target. What's like a third place to Walmart and Target? I feel like, is there one? I don't, I don't know. doesn't matter. doesn't fucking matter. doesn't always have to be a third option. In this case, there is a third option if you grew up where I grew up because you got Kroger and Kroger is kind of sad looking inside, but they have really good produce, really good prices and great variety. And then you got Publix, which is like amazing quality of food, but way overpriced and not quite as good selection as Kroger, but like you get what you pay for the customer service and the cleanliness and the quality is super high. And then you got Ingalls and Ingalls was like this perfect balance between Publix and Kroger where it's like, it kind of looks sad like Kroger and it's kind of a little more expensive like Publix, but the quality is not quite there. Like Ingalls never came out ahead. Ingalls was always a very distant, actually Ingalls reminds me of Winn-Dixie, which is another chain grocery store. I don't know where Winn-Dixie is from, but I'm going to, I'm going to assume the South. I know, I know I've seen them in Mississippi. They have them here in Florida. We didn't have them back in Georgia. So I remember in Georgia, we never went to Winn-Dixie. I don't remember. It doesn't matter because Winn-Dixie sucks. But Ingalls is kind of like Winn-Dixie, but I kind of feel bad for it at the same time because every time you go into an Ingalls, the thing that makes this store special is it's a little sad. It's always very dated. No one's ever shopping there. And you always wonder yourself, how has this store survived all these years? And I looked it up and I remembered... I remember reading a long time ago. I looked it up. I was like, why, why is Ingalls like in a world where we can't have toys or us? Why the fuck does Ingalls get to stick around? What business does it have? Despite the fact that anytime you go there, like Ingalls is so goddamn old. Last time I went to an Ingalls, which was probably like four or five years ago when I left Georgia. I mean, like they had, they had a movie rental center in there. Like you can like, like, like their own in-house blockbuster style, like drop a fucking DVD off in a mail slot type of deal. Like, they're living in the past over here at Ingalls. It's 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 2001 at at the latest when you go into an Ingalls. It's it's that dated. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I always wondered like why? How the fuck is this place still around? But now I kind of miss it. You know, listen to the Northerners talk about their their whatever the hell they got out there. Sheets Sheets is a gas station. I don't I don't fucking know. You know, they got their things. Made me made me a little nostalgic, a little homesick for Ingalls, even though it's a store. I pretty much never shopped that because there are very few of them and they were kind of shitty. But Ingles, I just wanted to say, I'm thinking about you. I miss you. What are some other ones? We got Piggly Wiggly, Winn-Dixie, Ingles, Kroger, Publix, Ralph's. 
There's the one in, in, in Pennsylvania that I'm forgetting the name of that I'm going to feel stupid for when I remember. There's a couple more. I know, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know. I've never been to the, like the Midwest really kind of maybe a little bit. I'm sure in the Midwest you got one. that's probably called like Wegmans. Isn't there one called Wegmans? I'm not making that up. I'm not that smart. I'm not that way. I'm not that good at thinking of things on the on the fly. Anyway, Ingles, I miss you. You have nothing to do with Xbox. Actually, you have one thing to do with Xbox. At the little rental store kiosk inside of Ingles, they would rent you video games as well. I wonder, it's interesting, I wonder if I went to an Ingles today, if I could rent Redfall or or Starfield for the Xbox Series X at an Ingles. And then um, then I don't know what else you do. But uh, yeah, Ingles is sad, man. Fuck, fuck you, Ingles. I miss you. All right. That's it for what I actually, I don't know why that goes into what I've been eating. I haven't been to an Ingles. I haven't, I haven't been eating food f- purchased from an Ingles. Uh, but it's, it's what I put there for the, what I've been eating. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about like, Oh, Christmas on Christmas. People have pot roasters. So I don't know. I don't want to bother you with the Christmas talk the the obligatory. Oh yeah. Christmas ham. Like we're not, we don't got to get into that. Okay. So it's a tribute to Ingles. Pour one out for Ingles. That's how I want to start the, the new year. Uh, maybe I'll get to go to an Ingles if I, uh, <laughs> if I, what I, I don't know if I do some traveling this year, I, we'll, we'll see. All right, let's, uh, let's get very far away from the, what I've been eating because it's just, what, what is that even? Oh, also as a side note slash announcement, uh, Taco Bell is making some major changes to their value menu, uh, beginning now at the start of 2024. So, uh, be on the lookout for some of your favorite items being gone as well as some new items emerging, uh, and, and coming onto the menu. So side note. But let's move into what I've been playing, you guys. I'm actually excited to talk about this. Last week, we didn't have this segment because we had a very different show. But this week, I'm just itching to tell you all about my time playing Batman Arkham Asylum. So Batman Arkham Asylum, of course, released in 2009. Rocksteady developed Xbox 360 game. Basically kicked off the notion of more specifically superhero, but maybe in general, this idea of super high quality triple a-esque licensed games games based on movies comic books tv shows that is like that are like actually of a high quality original storytelling like leaning into the strengths of of gaming in general and um yeah i just i this is a game that when it came out i remember vividly it was 2009 i was very busy being a a 14 year old with no money and uh i remember you know, back when Xbox had demos, like old school way, um, I guess they technically have demos today, but not not like the way they used to. Uh, but anyway, back when the game came out, there was a demo on the Xbox Live Marketplace. You could download it, play it on your Xbox 360. And I remember downloading it and thinking, I don't know why I'm downloading this. I don't like Batman. I think Batman's lame and boring. But I'm 14 and I want to play video games and I have no money. So let me try this demo out. And I remember playing it and thinking, wow, this is actually remarkably a lot of fun uh, as someone who really doesn't care about Batman at all. Because when you're 14, you you judge a game's quality based on whether or not you like the license it's based on and not the, on the pure quality of the game in its, itself and the experience of playing the game. And so, yeah, I remember just being like, Batman Arkham Asylum, that game's actually pretty fun. I enjoyed that demo a lot. I'll probably never play this game. And then moving on with my life. And then in in the years since the game has come out, obviously Batman Arkham Asylum has become a bona fide classic, uh, one of the must play titles of the Xbox 360 era, uh, a game that many regard as the greatest superhero game to ever release. I don't know if I'd put it that. I don't know if I'd say that, but it's it's certainly up there. And last year I tried 
I don't know, in 2022 or something, I, I got the Batman Return to Arkham Collection with all three games, Arkham Asylum, City, and Night. And I remember buying it for like dirt cheap. It was like 15 bucks to get all three games or something like that. And I remember being like, I'm finally going to play these games. And I started Arkham Asylum. I got like 30 minutes into it. And it was just one of those things where like, wasn't feeling it. Like wrong wrong time, wrong place. Was forcing myself to play the wrong game at the wrong time. Didn't, didn't work. So I just moved on. But I was like, I know I'm going to come back to that. And then for some reason, I had an urge over the holiday over the holiday break, holiday season, I was like, I'm going to play through Batman Arkham Asylum. For some reason, I'm deeming this game a Christmas game. There's something about it that just feels like Christmas. Something about walking through an insane asylum full of supervillains that feels like uh, get, gathering around the Christmas tree with your family. And and so I finally played Arkham Asylum. I, 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 I restarted it. I, uh, I, I sat through it, played the whole damn thing like two weekends. And all I can say about this game is it is... Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I guess this game is to 2023 what Dead Space for me was to 2022, where it's I'm slowly starting to finish wrapping up those games from the Xbox 360 era where I am absurdly ashamed to admit I have not played. And what I'm realizing is I missed out on some damn fine video games in that era. I mean, mostly just due to being a poor teenager and not really having a means to get all the games I wanted to play, but also partially just because I was so like stuck in my ways of I'm 14. I just want to play Halo and Sonic. I don't like anything else. And finally, like growing up and broadening my horizons and trying to be more open-minded to different experiences has led me to realize I missed out on so many, so many great games um, from that era. So, I mean, I still got to get back, you know, I, the, the biggest offender on that list still by far, by, by a long mile is the Mass Effect trilogy, Mass Effect trilogy. I really need to get to those games. I actually, even though they're on Game Pass, I actually bought the Mass Effect collection because it was on sale for like $5 a couple weeks ago. So like, I, I'm, I'm going to do Mass Effect, but right now is Batman Arkham's turn. So I beat Arkham Asylum and I just got to say this game is so, so special. I totally understand the hype. And for a game that's like, what, 14 years old now, absolutely holds up beautifully. Uh, obviously, I was playing the Xbox One slightly enhanced, you know, uprised version of the game. But even then, I mean, it, I, I'm talking about the game at its core, not visually. I, like, the game holds up so well. Um, I, I didn't realize, I, I knew Batman Arkham Asylum had metroidvania inspirations to it I, I wouldn't go ahead and say batman arkham asylum is a full-blown metroidvania game although maybe maybe you could say that it certainly is heavily inspired by those types of games but what i really appreciate about it compared to other metroidvania games is the game is very i don't know if cinematic is necessarily the way to put it but it's very store it's very narrative driven it's very linear despite having the those trappings of like a metroidvania game where you do go backtracking and you do you know come back and reach reattempt this door or this entry point once you've unlocked this ability or this piece of equipment so it has those kinds of sensibilities but while also feeling very linear like the game definitely holds your hand and tries to tell you where to go in, in a large way and i actually really really appreciate this because i don't like the the aspect of Metroidvania, like I I love a, I love me a Metroidvania game until 
the game lets you get lost and says, figure it out. Like that's, that's always been my issue with these games. Um, like namely with the Metroid series in general, where I'm like, God, I love Metroid. It's so cool. It's atmospheric. It looks badass. It's fun to play. And then the second you get lost, you're like, fuck this game. This game is dumb. It's for babies with very low IQs. I don't like this game. So I actually really appreciate that this game does that thing where it gives you like that experience. Like you're playing a Metroidvania style game while also making you not feel stupid because it's pretty damn easy to figure out exactly where you need to go and what you need to do at any given point. So shout out to that. But also just, I mean, aesthetically, I think this game absolutely nails um, the tone and the feel of Batman. You know, as someone who has a very uh, arm's length kind of relationship with Batman, I'm not super familiar with the character. You know, I grew up with older brothers that liked Batman, but I didn't I didn't watch the Batman animated cartoons, even though I technically grew up during like the prime era of like Batman, the animated show and the justice league animated show, like all the best DC animated TV shows. I I really missed out on Batman. I mean, like to me, like the, the most Batman exposure I would ever get was like growing up, going to six flags over Georgia and like seeing like the Batman roller coaster. Like that to me was the extent of my, my Batman exposure growing up for the most part. Um, But despite, despite not being steeped in Batman lore, Obviously, he's too big of a character for everyone not to have some kind of touch point and reference to. And I feel like I've had enough uh, Batman exposure via cultural osmosis and also just by way of like the Batman animated you know show and everything being so ever present, so popular during my youth that like I feel like enough of that tone and understanding of that character and that version of that character and like that kind of Batman universe has like seeped into my my brain and my and my psyche to where even though I'm not technically an authority on Batman I can play this game and, and still confidently say this game gets Batman to a T you know like I, I've talked about how like for some reason I just randomly got into the DC universe movies and now I've watched pretty much every one of those DC universe movies I like them I think they're a lot of fun I think those movies woefully mischaracterize and mis like just fail to capture Batman appropriately, especially in that um and I, I even like that what what's his name? The fucking actor that people like, he's handsome, whatever. The the guy that plays Batman. Um I don't know why my mind's blanking. Um uh, but anyway, like I like his version of Batman, but like it just doesn't it doesn't feel like Batman. This game feels like Batman. It's really cool. I love I love the villains, I love the characters, I love this idea of like this like this this superhero that like is super calm and collected and he never he's like constantly surrounded by chaos and danger and psychos and and but he's always like keeping himself composed and looking at everything as like okay what do i need to do here what let me analyze the situation like what's what's going on how do i keep people safe how do i get how do i disarm this guy how do i get out of this dangerous you know situation it's like i don't know it's like batman's kind of a badass in this game it's just you're you're going through this asylum asi- this asylum filled with all these super villains that you kicked their butts and put them in here in the first place. And now they're all breaking out this one night, this one crazy ass night for this like crazy plot to, to get out and, and, and take over the city and do all this shit. And you as Batman are just like keeping your composure, being a total badass and being like, Hey, I don't even have any superpowers. I'm just a rich guy with a bunch of gadgets and a big brain. And I'm going to, I'm going to fight my way out of this with my, with my sexy arms. And, it's awesome. It's it's a badass game. The combat is super fun. It's su- another thing I love about this game. The combat is so straightforward. It is fun. It is it is rewarding, but it is straightforward and easy, easy, easy to pick up and enjoy. 
This is something I miss so much from the Xbox 360 era, especially especially with third-person action games with, with melee combat. I miss so badly when games weren't afraid to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the X button is punch. Um, uh, the Y button is like heavy punch. And like the B button is kick. And then like the A button is, is like dodge or jump or something like that. And uh, these are the enemies. And your job is to like punch them and beat them up. And you can do different combos and do cool moves. And you can jump off this thing and like slam dunk on someone like a wrestling match. And you can like use a, a rope and like tie them up. And you can do this and different. I like that. But nowadays, games are like, ugh, the combat is so thoughtful and challenging. It is tough but fair. I, I, dude, tough but fair. I swear to God, if you put down my fucking gravestone, like my tombstone, it's just, I don't know why you would do that. I hate that. I hate that phrase. The point I'm trying to make is I, I, I miss and I yearn for third-person action games to go back to just being like, yeah, you fucking beat them up. You got combos. It's a fighting game. You, got, you press the X button. You punch the guy in the motherfucking face. It's cool. You feel powerful. You move on with your life. Nowadays, game, nowadays games are like, oh, well, did you did you get the snake charm, which grants you a buff of negative 2%? Did you know that the shield of Asmeralda As will actually grant you uh, the ability to poison your enemies if they are found within the Tomb of Wonders or some shit like that? It's like, fuck this game. You got you got to parry. You have to master the parry mechanic if you really want to be true. Fuck you, Star Wars Jedi. Fuck you, dead, dead, dead. The Dark Souls, fuck you, all the all the Souls games, all the Wolongs, all the fucking dynasties, all the fallen dynasties. I hate you all. You're fine. You did nothing wrong to me. You 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 please and, and, and entertain millions of people around the world, but I hate the impact you have had on gaming and how no game is allowed to just have the fucking punch, punch, kick, kick anymore. And Batman Arkham Asylum speaks to my tiny, unskilled monkey brain and says, it's okay to just mash X and feel powerful and have fun while doing so. You don't need to become a fucking PhD in in parry in order to enjoy this combat. And I really, really appreciate that about this game. And guess what? Guess what? Batman Arkham Asylum played it for the first time 14 years after it came out. It's 2023 while I'm playing this game. And guess what? It holds up. I'm enjoying it. It's a good time. Didn't need to be tough but fair. Didn't need to be grueling hard. I even died a couple times. Play the game on normal mode. You might die a couple times. Oh, well, you'll get better. Keep trying. It's fun. I want more games like this. I know, I know like the new Spider-Man game still plays like this. It's fun. I love, I love it. It's like you get gadgets, you get toys to play with. You get different combos. You can unlock new abilities. That's cool. I'm all for like you unlock new gadgets and abilities as you progress the game. That's fucking cool. I love that. But I, I yearn for games that have combat like this. I don't need to level up. Okay. I don't need to reach my power level 27 in order to fight a bad guy. I don't need you to like randomly level cap a fucking part of the game. I definitely don't need you to tell me to, to master the parry mechanic and the dodge roll mechanic and all this shit in order to play the game. Batman Arkham Asylum, you are fun. You are simple. You are straightforward. You have cool atmosphere. You have cool bad guys. You have cool boss fights. You have fun combat. You have great world building. It's a great romp. It's a fun little seven hour game. All takes place in the course of one really badass night. It's a fun, fun game. Really glad I played it. Batman Arkham Asylum, you are definitely one of the better superhero games. Are you as good as some of the classic Spider-Man? No, fuck no. Maybe it's nostalgia, but Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 2 developed by Treyarch in the year 2004. That game will be 20 years old this June. Fuck me. Still the best superhero game ever made in my opinion, for my money. 
Insomniac Spider-Man. I haven't played uh, Spider-Man 2 yet, but I played uh, Spider-Man 2018 and Miles Morales. I'll I'll take those games over Batman Arkham Asylum, but I am a Spider-Man nuthead, so, you know, whatever, for what it's worth. But Batman Arkham Asylum, you are very good. And and honestly, this kind of goes back to when I played Gotham Knights earlier in 2023 at the beginning of the year, and I was like, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I think this game's pretty good. Um, now we'll talk about that more later because I did roll in from Arkham Asylum directly into Arkham City, the sequel, the 2011 sequel, and I'm only about an hour into it, so I won't get too into it, but I must say, I I knew this game was different from the first game in that this is where the series starts to open up and have that kind of open world appeal to it. An hour into the game, I must say, I'm a little surprised. I thought this game was going to feel like a big departure from Arkham Asylum, but despite being kind of open world, I, th- I think the game still feels pretty much like Arkham Asylum, just with side quests and exploration. Um, so, I don't know. More thoughts on that next week when I get to play more of it. But so far, I'm enjoying it. It actually reminds me a lot of Gotham Knights. And I don't know. I just assumed because I didn't have experience playing the Arkham trilogy and because everyone hated Gotham Knights... I had assumed when I played Gotham Knights earlier in the year that it just must be such a massive departure from the Arkham games and that, you know, there's no shared DNA and that everything about this game must suck compared to the old games. But um, I don't know, man. I've played Arkham Asylum, really loved it. I'm playing Arkham City, really enjoying it more on that next week. Um, And so far... Uh, it, it doesn't take away my my enjoyment of Gotham Knights. I still think Gotham Knights was a pretty fun game. Not not as strong narratively and as strong with the characterization, the world building as the Arkham games have, have been, but certainly a very, very fun game. So for what it's worth. But yeah, that's it for what I've been playing. Well, enough about Batman for a little bit. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a quick break here and then we'll jump in and talk about Xbox in the year 2024 and what all we got to look forward to Um, as we begin another 12 months of our mere existence. So let's let's do that. All right, let's just jump right into our main topic of discussion today, which is uh, Xbox in the year 2024. Oh my God, I had to stop myself. Almost said 2004. All right, so Windows Central put together a big old list about big notable games coming out to Xbox in 2024. In fact, a lot of websites are putting together lists similar to this right now, and I looked through a bunch of them, but I thought Windows Central put a pretty good one together, plus we like those guys. So pull them from Windows Central. I'm not reading everything on their list. I picked out the games that I deem to be arbitrarily. So the most notable games coming to Xbox this year, along with just some some other games coming to Xbox this year that personally i think are are notable uh even if not necessarily you know like whoa everybody stop what you're doing sonic superstars 3 is coming to you know that kind of thing so bunch of games to get into here and then after we do that i want to talk about some xbox games that we know are on the way that don't have release dates and what we think 2024 could do in terms of updates and showings of these games if possible as well as uh Hardware predictions, things like that. So let's let's jump into it. We'll go into the more concrete stuff and then get into more of the vague stuff as we progress. So starting with games, thankfully Windows Central put this in release order or to the best of the ability since everything doesn't have a release date yet. But kicking us off in just a little bit here in a couple of weeks, uh, Alone in the Dark will come to Xbox on January 16th. So this is a pretty good one because we're going to get a new Alone in the Dark. 
I don't have much to say about this one. I just know it's it's a long-standing franchise that people are. I don't really remember. I think the ownership of the IP has changed hands a little bit. I think it got tied up in that THQ Nordic mess, and so now the IP is back with the original developer, I believe, and and, and they're at it again, going back to Alone in the Dark for the first time in a long time. And so this has horror fans excited. Nothing that I'm super into. I I feel like Alone in the Dark is a very distant. It's like. You get Resident Evil at the top, then you get Silent Hill a couple steps down from that, and then you got a lot of space before Alone in the Dark really comes in and and uh, and takes that third place. But um, Alone in the Dark, nonetheless, is a long-standing IP in terms of its name. It's got recognition. I think people are excited to just hopefully get more great horror. As as in recent years, the horror genre has just proven to be you know has proven to make something of a comeback and i think people are just excited to see more of that so alone in the dark in january on the 16th but then two days later we get prince of persia the lost crown so it's another you know kind of like smaller game in the grand scheme of things but it's a 2d uh side scrolling prince of persia game kind of an homage to classic prince of persia um i think this game looks pretty good i think the couple times we've talked about on the show my reoccurring reaction has been looks pretty cool. It's nice to see them do something like this. I'm definitely not going to play this game, but uh, I, I'm sure this is going to be quite exciting for uh, old school fans of Prince of Persia, of which, you know, I'm not sure that there are technically too many of these days. I feel like Prince of Persia as an IP was kind of um, nullified and made irrelevant by the existence of, of, of Assassin's Creed. But, um, you know, with Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown kind of going back to the series roots, this has very little in common with a game like Assassin's Creed. So it's cool that it can stay on its own. It can be its own thing and, and, and be a way to bring this dormant IP back in, in hopefully a meaningful way. The game looks good. So we'll see how it pans out. And then we get the first game that I would say is something of a of an important game to Xbox. Um, and I only say that because this series has gro- grown to have an Xbox kind of marketing affiliation. And that is the formerly known as Yakuza, but now known as the Like a Dragon series. So Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which uh, is the sequel to uh, Like a Dragon or Yakuza Like a Dragon or what was it called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so this, this game I think is going to be... Not a huge deal for Xbox, but it, it definitely has an Xbox affiliation. And I, we've seen the Like a Dragon series just grow and grow and grow in recent years in popularity um, with Xbox's large exposure to the franchise due to Game Pass. Although this game will not be a day one Game Pass game uh, like its previous, like the previous title was and like many of the games in the series have been. Um, but nonetheless, I wouldn't be surprised to see this game come to Game Pass after maybe six or ten months. Uh, but like a dragon infinite wealth it's that newer style kind of turn-based yakuza game but otherwise you know if you play the yakuza game you 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 know what to expect from this game so that is uh that kind of rounds us out for january oh also tekken 8 on january 26th the same day it's a big game for fighting game community so not a terrible january usually january february you know in recent history has been quite busy uh, but uh, honestly, you know, I think with Prince of Persia, it's kind of niche. Alone in the Dark kind of niche. Like a Dragon kind of niche. Tekken, it's big niche, but a niche nonetheless. Um, there's a little of something for everyone, but nothing that's like, whoa, bombshell game, right? So I think that's a solid start to the year in terms of third-party support. Not not bad at all, but uh, we can do better, and I think we will. So we move into February, and we start out with Persona 3 Reloaded. This is the new remade version of Persona 3, not just the Pocket Edition or whatever that was on Game Pass recently. Um, but this is a big deal because this was announced at Xbox's stage last year. 
um, and, and will be coming to Game Pass. And that's a huge deal. This is more of that Sega and Microsoft kind of budding it up for, uh, you know, announcements and special deals and things like that. And one of the reasons why this is extra notable is despite Microsoft's cozying up with Sega in recent years, Persona, Atlas games in general have always had a big PlayStation and Nintendo favoritism and, and slant. And so to see Persona starting to get some Xbox marketing love, and of course it's probably coming at the you know at at, at the end of uh, many Microsoft dollars being thrown their way. Um, nonetheless, it is pretty important and notable to see Persona and Atlas games be marketed and announced by and pushed for xbox and so this is a a big deal just in kind of an optical sense it's not like persona is you know madden or call of duty in terms of like getting people to take a take notice and buy buy a home console but nonetheless persona 3 similar to like a dragon series a series that has just blown up in recent history with its more recent entries in the series and become less of a niche Japanese weeb game and more of a, a slightly more mainstream game, or at least in the gamer sphere, the hardcore game sphere, become a little bit more commonplace to see fans of Persona. And so this is a notable game for that reason. And then on February 2nd, I would say this is the first, maybe you would say Tekken 8. Uh, I just care so little for Tekken. That's hard for me to say otherwise. But in all fairness, Tekken 8 probably does count in this category. But I am going to arbitrarily say that the first really big mass appeal, the game you can put on freaking Super Bowl commercials and 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 in in market and subway stations and and get all the kids at school talking about uh, comes out and that's Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League on February second. So that game's coming out really soon, just a couple weeks here, um, and I think this game will sell very very well i think this game will get a lot of attention and be a huge hit on both xbox and playstation um however 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 i think there's a lot of um obviously there's a lot of cautious optimism and a lot of skepticism surrounding this game because you know and and, and i'm in a place where i can kind of talk to this because right now i'm playing through the arkham games this game is such a departure from what rocksteady did with the arkham games and to see them make this kind of games-as-a-service co-op-esque style action game with light RPG elements and stuff is a huge departure from the more casual action game, linear-style Arkham games that they made leading up to this. Not only that, but, I mean, the last Arkham game came out in 2015, so by the time this game comes out, it'll have been almost nine full years since their last notable release, and so... There's a lot riding on like, hey, where have you guys been for almost a decade? What the fuck were you working on? Why why didn't we see anything? And so I think the the stakes are high. The expectations are through the roof. And, and honestly, I got to say, like, I, on a personal level, I am excited for this game. I know a lot of people are like, this isn't what I wanted. But to me, it still looks badass. It still looks like a lot of fun. So that's all I care about. Well, you know, jury's still out on that. We'll find out in February. But um, I, I think people are just kind of down for a cool suicide squad game because we lit we now live in this post mcu world where like the people like james gunn have taken obscure comic book characters and in in squads like the suicide squad or the guardians of the galaxy or ant-man or whatever the hell it is and, and taking just really weird characters and made them 
cool and mainstream and likable and and, and things and, and household names that everyone kind of cares about you know i can very 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 distinctly remember and it's kind of surprising it, it it's crazy to think that there are kids today that probably don't have this experience that i'm about to share where i, I can absolutely remember a time where it's like yeah spider-man batman superman the x-men the incredible hulk uh, yeah, I've heard of Captain America, you know, but like, I don't know, I don't, I don't read Captain America comics, but like, if you show me a picture, I know what Captain America looks like, sure, I know what Iron Man looks like, not that I read Iron Man, or that there's ever been a good Iron Man TV show, but I know what Iron Man is, I guess, but like, we now live in the world where not only do people like that not exist any longer, but it's not even things like, you know, secondary characters like like an Iron Man or an Aquaman are popular. It's We're now so deep down the fucking list. People are like, oh, yeah, I know all about the Eternals, you know? You know, when I was growing up and I was a kid, I thought I was a fan of Marvel. I thought I knew Marvel characters. You wouldn't see eight-year-old me clamoring for season two of Loki on Disney+. Plus. Like, we're in a pretty fucking, like, post-post mcu world where like the most nitty-gritty characters are household names and 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 popular and people look forward to getting more of that and so it's cool like it's cool that we're there because now we get to get a suicide squad game and today a suicide squad game gets the same amount of like excitement and fervor that like back in my childhood maybe a batman or a superman game might have gotten so i don't know i think that's cool we get to see characters like the suicide squad adapted to video games and see what it would be like to play a suicide squad video game. And I think this game is going to sell many millions of copies. I'm sure it's development budget is through the fucking roof because they worked on this game for almost a decade. But again, I think this game is going to send sell many millions of copies. I, I suspect that we have another, um, Gotham Knights on our hands where we're going to get a game that sells very, very well reviews, very, very mixed and probably gets uh, this weird narrative from the games industry and from gaming pundits that, oh yeah, Suicide Squad was kind of just not what anyone wanted. It was a dud. It was a shitty game, even though probably many, many millions of casuals will play it and enjoy the hell out of it because it's usually how these things go. The The way the, way the hardcore gamers remember things is not the way that the world uh, actually experiences them. So Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. I don't expect there to be a lot of love for this game in terms of like the the loud voices of the games gaming world but i do expect it to be a very fun game and i i'm very much looking forward to trying it all right next up we got banishers ghosts of new eden this is that new third person i think it has rpg elements and i could be wrong about that i think it's a third person like action rpg style game um from don't not the guys that do life is strange and I know they've done some other games. They've worked on one of the vampire games, I believe. They did that Remember Me game. They've worked on other non... They did that that ju- ju- Juiced, whatever, that climbing game that just came out a few months ago. They've worked on, like, non-story-based, Telltale-style, Life is Strange-esque games before. But this is just a little a little different, right? Uh, we I, I feel like we haven't seen anything that looks this, like full-fledged AAA video game ask from them at least in a very long time and I'm kind of optimistic about this game I feel like this is one of those games where like I, I'm, I'm following it I'm paying attention to it I will see what the, I will eagerly watch the reviews and and consume opinions on this game but if I play it it will not be probably for a couple of years and it on you know a steep sale or a game pass get because not because I don't think the game looks good but because it's like I just I just feel like every time I watch a video on this, like a trailer for this game, 
I don't walk away knowing more about what the game is or being further sold on it. I just feel the same equal amount of like entry level mild intrigue with it. And it's just like, I don't know, I just have so many other games I know I want to get to soon. That's like, why would I bump this to the top of the list? So February 13th, I think the game looks cool. Got that male and female character. It's got this weird, like, kind of, like, supernatural twist to it. And um, I don't know. They, they say it's got, like, open-world-esque elements to it, but it's a third-person game, and it looks like it's got an interesting story and an interesting world. And um, I don't know. Not crazy into it, but I am, I am like, I'm, I'm made curious by its existence. Like, I'm curious enough to follow along, but not excited enough to want to play it. That's kind of where I am with this game. But I think it looks good. Like a, a nice little third-party support here, right? Then Dragon's Dogma 2 comes out. We sk- we jump over to March. Dragon's Dogma 2 comes out. I know people are really excited about this. This this cult following uh, that that's that's developed for Dragon's Dogma, the original 2012 game. And now it's getting an arbitrary sequel that no one saw coming. And everyone seems very excited about it. I, I don't remember people ever really caring about or talking about this game. But now people seem to really be hyped about its return. So... I have no feelings, no thoughts on this game whatsoever. I just know that people seem very excited for it. Um, we still notice how, you know, we're heading into springtime. We still haven't talked really about any exclusive first-party content. We'll get there. Uh, next up, we got Destiny 2, The Final Shape. This has been pushed back to June 2024. So this is the last narrative, the last expansion for Destiny, you know, is how it's being built. I don't know. Maybe Destiny 3 comes out one day. Maybe Destiny 2 gets more content after all. I, I don't really know exactly how we're supposed to interpret this, but it is supposedly the end of Destiny. Like, this is the Avengers endgame of Destiny. And I got to be honest, I did not hate Lightfall nearly as much as other people did. I thought it was really good, not the best, but really good, uh, really fun, really aesthetically interesting. And, um, even though I have fallen off of Destiny in recent years in terms of like playing seasonal content, like oh it's season of the Witch and season of the of the Forsaken or whatever the fuck they're doing, you know, even though I've kind of fallen off that stuff a lot, I have not fallen off of my my commitment to playing Destiny whenever a new expansion comes out. So when this expansion comes out, I will definitely be there for it. I'll be very eager to see what a wrap-up to the Destiny universe looks like, especially because despite the many, many times I've attempted to really learn the Destiny lore, I feel like it's been, like, such a fucking roller coaster. Like, there are times where it's like, I kind of think I know what's going on, and then some a couple things happen, and I'm like, I'm completely lost. And then I unremember all the things I remembered, and then I unlearn all the things I thought I learned. And then, like, when I'm playing the game, they're like, Zephala, the, the, the Taken, the Traveler. Uh, they just saying all these names and they're just, and I'm like, I, I know who that is. Yeah, I know who that is. I recognize that. And then like, I actually can't put like names to faces and things to, you know, obviously I know the core cast and there are moments from various expansions and from campaigns that I, I recall and I think are badass and there's aspects of the, of the world building and destiny. I absolutely adore, but on the whole, it's, it's very you know, Savathun. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck Savathun is. And it's been 10 years, you know, it's like, I don't, I, I can't talk to you about that. I think that's the, I think that's the, the green one with the bleeding, the black bleeding, like a uh, evil face. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's destiny, but I know the final shape is going to be exciting to experience. Nonetheless, I look forward to playing it. And it's, it's too bad that all the shit happening with Bungie is happening right now. As we finally reach, 
um, as we finally reach the the end of Destiny's you know life as of its of its story, um, because it, it just seems like the overarching story throughout Destiny's existence as a franchise has been. You know, there's some rocky moments here and there, but Bungie know what they're doing, and they're they're capable, and they're just as sharp and on top of the industry as as, as ever before. They and they are trendsetters, and they know how to they know how to carve out a space in the industry and be like, this is where the future of gaming is going. And they define things, and they inspire people, and they create new and unique and exciting experiences. And they're kind of going out right now on this on this note of like people are mad at you, people hate you, you you look bad optically. They're mad at your game, they're mad at you as a developer, they're mad at your leadership. Like people kind of are at it with Bungie, and it's it's kind of unfortunate that they they held on so long, and then at the very end they're kind of going through the the stuff they're going through right now. And we don't have to get into that because it's technically PlayStation news, I guess. Um, although it is somewhat relevant since the games are still on Xbox, but their leadership woes their massive drop off in players and, and, and revenue and the stuff they're dealing with and their mistreatment of staff and their mass layoffs. And the fact that, you know, everyone suspects the layoffs are only going to get worse once this expansion comes out. It's, um, it's, it's just really unfortunate to see Bungie have this fall from grace. Um, especially at, at, at the, right as they reach the finish line, I guess. Um, coming out in October, uh, October, August 20th is Black Myth Wukong. We saw this at the Game Awards again uh, for like the second or third time. It's another one of those Souls-like games set in some kind of like Chinese ancient history thing. And I just couldn't be bothered to give a single flying fuck about this. Developed and published by Game Science, which I, I think is a Chinese publisher and developer. I don't remember. I mean, the game looks cool. If you if you liked Wolong Fallen Dynasty, I think this game looks you know, my, my stupid gringo ass can't tell the difference and thinks this looks like the exact same game pretty much. Um, and, and it's not to discredit the game. I'm sure it's going to be good. It's just, I am not, uh, I'm not in, into this stuff enough to be able to really appreciate the nuance and be like, Oh my God, this game looks so excellent. You guys black myth, Wukong. So there's that. Then we got the first descendants, which also we saw recently, and I think this game looks pretty good. It's just it's just planned for summer release, no specific date. But the first Descendants is a multiplayer action RPG looter shooter by Nexon Games, the Korean publisher. This publisher is coming out of the woodworks all of a sudden. They are trying to get in on a bunch of Western developed games and multiplayer games and trying to try and just become a more prominent player. Which is it's it's cool. It's weird to see this is the the Guild Wars publisher and owner. It's kind of weird to see them just kind of come out of nowhere after all these years of kind of hiding and lurking in the shadows, becoming a, a bigger and bigger publisher. But this game looks pretty good the couple times we've seen it. Uh, I'm interested in seeing more about it, uh, the, the four-player co-op looter shooter thing. I feel like these games are always, like, either right up my alley or just such a fucking massive miss, swing and a miss. And so I'll have to definitely keep an eye out for uh, preview coverage and reviews and stuff. But the first Descendants... I, think it looks like a fun time but again we're we're halfway through the year now we still haven't really gotten any xbox first party you know anything materialize so there's that um then in september we get warhammer 40k space marine 2 i think this game just looks so fucking badass i really want to play this game um it's warhammer gears of war basically and uh every time we see it i get a little more excited for this game i is this game gonna be a game pass game i'm pretty isn't this Am I making that up? Is this a Game Pass game? I don't remember if we've seen this at Xbox uh, shown as a Game Pass title. I can't, I can't remember. But regardless, I don't care. I'm here for this game. 
whether I got to buy it or it's including Game Pass, I'm definitely playing this. I am itching for some more Gears of War. And Warhammer just keeps putting out. We just keep getting more and more cool Warhammer games. Bolt Gun was awesome last year. Um, Space Marine 2 looks looks phenomenal. And just I, I, I want more of this stuff. So Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2, a sequel to a game I never played, but a, a sequel nonetheless that looks wonderful. And I'm very much looking forward to getting in on. Um, also in the fall, we've got Metaphor Refantasio. For the same reason as before, Atlas, the Persona developer, th- these games that are being kind of shown and announced with and marketed towards Xbox, it's a really good get for Xbox. Now, this game is multi-platform, and it's coming in fall of 2024, but I just think it's notable that these games are getting Xbox marketing and Xbox attention um, because these Atlas games are normally heavily associated with, with, with PlayStation, so... That's a good one for Xbox to get that kind of marketing tie-in buzz. It's that optical stuff that's going to help them seem like they have the Japanese support that PlayStation has, like they're not lagging behind in ways that they actually are, and that they are also capable of getting really cool um, exclusives, marketing deals, and, and, and tie-ins that that most people only associate with with the dominant brand. So is that. And then last here that we have like a kind of – definitive actually no that's not true we have a couple more here uh 33 immortals is next co-op focused roguelike game um where up to 33 players can play at once from thunder lotus i i think this game looks pretty okay they seem to be doing a big xbox push with this it was shown over the summer at the showcase uh phil spencer then played it and did a demo of it at the little uh follow-up showcase they did the next day uh, it looks very Hades-like, um, but with 33-player thir- co-op. It looks fun. It looks frantic. It looks exciting. I think it's a good get for Xbox Game Pass. I think this is definitely the kind of game that could cause a lot. Like, this is this game has potential to be one of those, like, it came out and then everyone was, one was buzzing about it, like like Vampire Slayer or, like, Fall Guys or something. I'm not saying it would be to that caliber of, of, of hype and everything, but I feel like this game has the potential to have that kind of like, yeah, no one was really talking about this game before it came out. Then it came out and all of a sudden it was just like everyone was streaming it, talking about it, laughing about how ridiculous and fun it was. And I feel like, I feel like this could be a fun one. It's a little more, it looks a little more difficult and like hardcore, you know, than those kinds of games. So maybe it doesn't end up being able to pull that in, but I don't know. I, th- I, I, I still think it has potential to be, a game kind of like that, and I mean, I'm definitely for sure going to give it a try, and this doesn't look anything like a game I would normally play, just because it just, I don't know, it's like, why not? It's a Game Pass title, It's uh, it, it advertises itself of having like this fun kind of gimmick of 33 players at once, it looks frantic and action-packed and, and silly, and it has a good art style, so okay, I'll give it a go. <laughs> so 33 Immortals, a, a good Game Pass get for sure. Actually, one of those, one of those games that shows like, why game pass is so special because there's like the obvious ones like the big triple a games but then there's things like the thir- like 33 immortals where once you played it you know you got in your hands on it and, and you move on to the next game afterwards you're just like damn i'm glad that thanks to game pass i i got exposed to this game and got to try it out because i otherwise wouldn't have have maybe played it and i think this is one of those games that's going to be perfectly that's going to perfectly fit that description for game pass so i think that's a good one um and then there's Diablo 4 Vessel of the Hatred, which is the new Diablo expansion. I don't have anything to say about that. There's no date on it, but it is this year. 
As well, there's Final Fantasy XIV, which is the online Final Fantasy, which is finally coming to Xbox this year after being on PlayStation for like almost a decade at this point. Um, so I know that's a big deal to people who are fans of that game, although I can't imagine they have a big audience um, that they can capture here on Xbox, but we'll see. Uh, we yet to yet to see how that, how that goes. Um, then there's John Carpenter's Toxic Commando, which I am all over this game. I think this game looks fucking awesome. Um, it, yeah, it's like that Left 4 Dead style shooter, co-op shooter game that we saw at some point last year. I don't remember if that was at Summon Games Fest or where we saw that, but my God, that game looks so fucking cool. And um, I would like to see more gameplay of it because I, that, I think that's a day one game for me. All right. And then there's also Star Wars Outlaws, which we already touched on earlier in the show, coming late 2024, developed by uh, the Division guys. Is this? Yeah, Division guys, right? Massive. And then, um, yeah, I mean, this game looks this game looks badass i love it it's like gta star wars gunslinger fucking han solo shit with an open world thing going on and i'm 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 very into this as someone who is mostly not into star wars at all anymore um this this is a game that definitely captures my attention and i have every intention of playing so yeah star wars outlaws i think that game looks really good good get for ubisoft um for them to not only it's not only weird just seeing them have it have a star wars game but to see one that looks this good it's it's pretty cool all right, so now what we're going to get into are the Xbox games that we know are coming this year in 2024. Unfortunately, we just don't have firm dates for any of these games, and so we're going to have to just talk about them in more vague terms without dates, um, and just hopefully they, they are coming this year, but we don't know for sure because Xbox just have, have not given us dates. Um, the first one I want to talk about, is the game that I am no doubt the most excited about coming from an Xbox Game Studios team. Um, and that is, of well, actually, I should say, this is probably the second most anticipated game or the second most hyped and marketed game that Xbox has coming out this year, but is the number one game that I am most excited about, and that is Avowed. So Avowed from Obsidian, this is their Pillars of Eternity, uh, Elder Scrolls-style game, first-person, AAA, open-world a Pillars of Eternity style game. It looks so good to me. I, I mean, I don't, I, I can't even begin to talk about the, 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 the random ass bullshit controversy last year about this game looking a little vibrant and saturated in color and having some more whimsy or, or more cartoonish flair to it. Because if you're really going to look at the gameplay for this game and the trailer for this game and say that this game looks stupid or childish or, Oh, I don't like it, whatever. Fuck you. Do you just hate good games? I mean, there are a million. I mean, you can go play Wukong Fallen Fallen Doodoo Face if you want to play your Billion Souls game. But if you want to play a real game for badass men who have chest hair and maybe a faded tattoo from when they were 18, then you're going to play a badass game like Avowed. And so shut up. Sit down. Stop, stop dancing your steep. You get to go pee when I'm done talking. We're talking about Avowed. It's a man's game, okay? And I'm very much excited for this game. It's still Pendus 2024. And I feel like Xbox just isn't showing enough of this game, isn't marketing it hard enough, and isn't talking about it nearly enough to give me the confidence to believe it's a 2024 game. So Avowed is coming out in 2024. Wink, wink. That is the release date I'm giving for this game uh, because I just don't fully believe it. And I know it's like everyone talks about it with such confidence that it will be out this year, but I just show me, you know, 
Uh, last year, Xbox had a summer uh, had a had an early showcase. Um, I think it was in January, right? Not February. It was in January, and that's when we got the surprise drop of of Hi-Fi Rush, and we and we got some information on on Forza and Go, and Ghostwire Tokyo and stuff like that. Can we get a surprise little showcase like that to talk about Avowed and Hellblade Two? Because I, I just don't understand how both of these games are supposed to be coming out this year, and we've barely shown anything. Especially with Avowed, we just we've barely shown or talked about Dick when it comes to this game, and that's fine. Like, I'm all I'm I'm all for delay a game, get it, release it when it's ready, take your time, do it right, but like. Don't keep saying this game's coming out in 2024 and let me think if it's clearly not ready to even be shown. So that's my only gripe with the Vowed. Is I think the game looks so good. And if it manages to come out this year, I think it'll be such a big, important win for Xbox. Because I really think with the amount of studios they own, especially how dominant they now are with both uh, first-person shooters and with uh, with single-player um, Western RPGs, I feel like if they can just continue... Not really continue, but I mean, if they hit, if they, if a vow comes out this year, it will be continue. But if they can, if they can hit this cadence of like a notable first person shooter and a notable open world Western RPG every year or almost every year, I think they will have such a massive winning formula. Fuck God of War, fuck The Last of Us, fuck Spider Man. And, and I don't mean like fuck those games individually, like those games are great games in their own right, but like, Fuck the, like, popular mainstream narrative of, like, PlayStation's the best because look at this library. Like, for my personal tastes on a personal level, if you can deliver, like, a great Call of Duty, a great Halo, a great Elder Scrolls, a great Starfield, a great Avowed, uh, games of that style, Fable, Doom, Wolfenstein. If you can keep coming at the gate year after year with like Xbox has got another Western RPG, it's it's Avowed Three. And now they got fucking mo- modern Black Ops Warfare Seven and uh, Halo Infinite Three. Not so infinite after all. And like if if you can just keep that trickle going of excellent first person shooters, excellent Western RPGs, great narratives, great world building, fun single player experiences. I don't give a shit how many fucking children die in The Last of Us Part 4. I don't give a shit how many little children Kratos has to carry to the top of the fucking mountain to get the goat's milk. I don't care about any of those games. I don't care if there's a third Spider-Man that gets bit by a spider, but it's on the it's on the butt and, and the webs come out of his toes instead of his hands. I don't give a shit about any of that because... I'll be fucking eating like I can. We got Starfield, then we got Avowed, then we got Black Ops, then we got Halo, then we got Doom, then we got then we got Fable. I, I don't, it, dude, that's it. And not to make it a console war thing, but like, if you want to make a platform that has just amazing, compelling first party support, uh, bro, that's how you fucking do it, man. That kind of gaming lineup for Game Pass, forget about it. That's that's that is that's just absolutely impeccable and so that's part of why i really hope avowed can hit a 2024 release date is because i think i i know people you know we're all supposed to be hypercritical about starfield because the internet says it wasn't the game we want it to be that's fine but for my money for my tastes for my entertainment starfield was such a beautiful fun adventure of a game and you know it's like i had so much fun with starfield and if this year i can get fucking black ops gulf war and avowed as my big xbox games for on game pass this year i do 
it's it's worth every fucking penny. It's so great. I'm eating like a king over here on Team Xbox. I got a Series S in my office. I got I got a Series X in the living room. Dude, I'll get a I'll get a Series Y in my fucking bathroom at that point. I'll do anything because Xbox will be delivering games uh, of a caliber and at a and at a release clip that will be just so fucking beautiful. And and like it, it doesn't come from like a I'm team green I want team green to be team blue kind of perspective. It comes more from like a I I'm just a fan of Xbox and I want I want to see them get the get the W you know as the kids would say I want I want to see them have a success and do something awesome. I feel like ugh, they can just like they they have so many studios we have so many cool and interesting games announced but not released and we have all the potential and opportunity if we can get like the Matt booties and the and the producers of the world to get the teams in line and to, and to get the production schedules on, on track we can get these games out in a, in a in a cadence that will just be so fucking good it will be so good it will be like eating steak every goddamn night until you turn into a cow. That is how good it will be. And so that's, I don't know, I have such passionate feelings about Avowed. It is so, it's so clearly, you can tell the way I'm just like, and then 33 Immortals, and then Prince of Persia, and then Suicide Squad. Oh, and then Avowed. Because it's like, this is the fucking game that's going to lead us to victory. Not, not you know, it, again, not in a console war way, but just in like a, we, we all want to have that kick-ass Xbox has the games moment. You know, we thought we had it in 2021 and then 2022 was a fucking disaster. And then 2023 was supposed to be the comeback, but it ended up kind of being something of a mixed bag. Right. But it's like, with 2024, man, we, Hey, Hey, it's January, baby. The potential's here. We're at that. We're at the peak of a roller coaster. We're staring down a 350 foot drop, but let's make it count. Let's do it right. And so it's like about, let's, let's get about this, this year. You know, I have no doubt that Treyarch's going to lead us to victory with Black Ops Gulf War. Those guys are incapable of making a bad Call of Duty game. And now that Call of Duty is going to be in Game Pass this year, that that's a great first-person shooter you got up your arsenal. Let's get Avowed out the fucking door in time, right? Like, dude, can you imagine uh, if Avowed, and, and this is really wishful thinking because we barely know what the game even looks like. They've shown so little of it. But if Avowed could some, some fucking how hit that, like, August September window oh my god man so good such a good year for Xbox because we're about to talk about some other games that I think are really compelling and really helpful for Xbox but that in my opinion that is the number one most highly anticipated game I got I have going into this year I mean I, I'm looking forward to Justice League early in the year I think that looks a lot of fun that's nowhere near my most hyped game like avowed make it happen all right, so next up Microsoft Flight Simulator 2 this is we, we just went from the highest high to the lowest low all due respect, Microsoft Flight Simulator, beautiful game. 2024, new version comes out this year. Couldn't give a fuck any less. Um, so that's great. That is technically first-party support or or a, or a uh, or an exclusive game. It's it's developed by Adobe, which which Microsoft doesn't own. So it's a second-party game technically. But I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm sure it will be the most stunning, beautiful most comprehensive feature rich version of Microsoft flight simulator we've ever gotten. And it will do absolutely nothing to move the needle for me. So moving on stalker Two: hard of Chernobyl. Now, while this game isn't a first party game, um, it is certainly a, 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 a great second party game that they have going for them. It is a, a, a big, a big game for Xbox and a, another thing that can really help with the slate. Again, this is kind of of that caliber of like you get games like this in game pass coming out of steady clip this year, stalker two, 
Avowed, Call of Duty. Like, this is how you build out a, a, a stellar a stellar uh, lineup of 2024 games. Now, obviously, this, this game comes with a huge special little asterisk next to it because it is being developed in 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 um in Ukraine right now and there's a, a huge very understandable reason why the game has been delayed so heavily so it's kind of one of those things where it's like I'm not rushing this game we'll get it when we get it I'm more concerned about the developers having a safe environment to to create this game and and, and the safety and well-being of them and their families like you, you guys do what you got to do but if this game does come out this year which I I think it will uh, you know, a stalker too. Obviously, not. It, it's it's no it's no Wolfenstein in terms of its more casual mainstream appeal. It is a little more like like a game like Metro, where it's got it's open world shooter, but it's got the survival elements. It's got the narrative elements. It's going to be a little more. You know, I haven't played Stalker one, so this is going to be a new experience for me. Um, very very much. This is going to be one of those games I think is going to garner a lot of attention. But it's kind of a coin toss as to whether or not it's gonna it, whether it's gonna be a huge massive like everyone stopped and played this game it's a massive success you know whatever so we'll have to wait and see I think the game looks badass I'm very much excited to play it day one when it comes out on Game Pass um, and I think it's a great get for for Xbox nonetheless but um, yeah Stalker Two I think the story of this is kind of like we're all excited to play the game. You guys just stay safe out there and do what you got to do. And, 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 you know, the game kind of comes second. So I've, I feel like there's a little bit of like a, like a, not walking on eggshells, but just like, a, I don't know, keep the context in line, right? Like the game comes second to, to the, the, the situation surrounding the development of the game. And so there's Stalker 2. Game looks phenomenal. I, I'm very excited to play it. I think it's a very good get for Game Pass. All right, the next game we're going to talk about is probably technically the biggest game for Xbox this year, um, but in my opinion, it is a it is just nowhere near as compelling looking as Avowed, um, which is why we talked about Avowed first. But technically, and, and this is a game I am confident is coming in 2024, um, despite the fact that we still don't have a specific release date for it. But I I, I do think this will come out in 2024. I, I, my guess is it's like an October November release. But talking about Hellblade Two: Sinuous Saga. Um, I just can't, I don't know what it is about this game, man. I want to be excited about this game. Uh, Xbox seems to be marketing it like it is the biggest game right now. It is, it is no doubt their most, their most, uh, uh, highly anticipated game that they have coming out right now. They're, they are marketing it like it, 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 you know, let's put, let's, let's compare it to last year. Avowed is being treated like their, like their Redfall and Hellblade 2 is being treated like their Starfield. They are really hyping up Hellblade 2. And I almost wonder if this is a mistake. I feel like Microsoft is doing this because they're just so excited to have a game that they know people look at in a very highbrow, respectable, kind of artistic way, the way a lot of PlayStation games get uh, get respected. And they want to play that up. They're like, hey, we got Hellblade. You guys all thought Hellblade 1 was such a unique and beautiful game. We got Hellblade 2. Um, but here's the thing is, I still stand by my original thoughts. Hellblade 1 was a really excellent game. Really enjoyed my playthrough of that game. I thought it was a wonderful one-and-done experience. It was a wonderful one-off of a game that absolutely did not necessitate a sequel in any way, shape, or form. And I think everything we have seen with this game up to now, which has kind of been a lot, 
has done absolutely nothing to convince me that this game needs a sequel. And I'm not really sure that I'm excited to dive back into this world for seven to ten more hours of whatever they have to say in this game. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I play Hellblade 2 and it totally tells me I'm a stupid bitch and proves to me why this game needed a sequel and why this sequel is just so much better than the first game. But that, you know, that's yet to be seen. Um, this Either way, this is a day one get for me. I, it's a Game Pass game, so of course I can just play it. Um, I'm very curious about it. I'm very excited to see it. Microsoft seems very excited about the game, so I'm very excited to see what they're so excited about. Um, I Again, I thought the first Hellblade was good. I think the second game needs to really lean into combat and try to amp it up to make it more exciting because, after all, um, Ninja Theory, the developers of, of this game, are are really, really good at making third-person hack-and-slash action games, and Hellblade 1 was not a very fun and dynamic hack-and-slash action-adventure game, so if they're going to try to inject more of that into Hellblade 2, I'm here for it. If this just feels like an overproduced sequel that is more of the same, then I think... Microsoft is putting all their eggs in the in, in the wrong basket. So that's just my two cents. I, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be honest because I feel like I feel like someone's got to kind of hold this game accountable, right? Like people were so excited to be Redfall sucks, fuck Redfall. You know, people were so excited to like shit on Starfield when it wasn't when it wasn't the the next best thing since sliced bread. But if I'm gonna be critical about anything, I I, I see coming a mile away when it comes to Xbox. I just don't think Hellblade 2 looks all that special. I think it looks like a lot of money and production effort pumped into the wrong game. <laughs> and I hope the game proves me wrong and and, and, and has something really important to say and to show um, that justifies the, the many, many years put into this game. I mean, the first Hellblade came out in 2017, so... By the time this game comes out, it's like, okay, what, what have we been doing for seven years, you know? We're making just a Hellblade 2? Um, so I don't know. I'm excited for it. The game looks good. I have no doubt that the production will be out of this world. The sound design will be dynamic. The, the visuals and graphics will just be so impressive. Great. How's the game? Looking forward to Avowed. All right. Uh, and then the last game here is another game I'm actually really excited about. This is not of the caliber of like the AAA game of the year, whatever, but this is a game that has... Jesse written all over it. It looks like such a absolute blast. So much fun. And I thought this game was coming out. I thought they said it was coming out in spring, but it turns out there's no specific time frame, just a, 20, a vague 2024 release date. And that is Towerborn, which is a new hack and slash 2D game coming from Stoic, the guys behind the Banner Saga series. Now, I've never played Banner, Banner Saga. Probably never going to play Banner Saga, but I will play the fucking hell out of Towerborn. This game looks phenomenal. This looks like a serious version. Not not like serious. Not like, like don't laugh. I, I, I look at my face. I'm serious. But, like, you know, less comic mischief, cartoonishly ver violent version of of uh, of um, Castle Crashers. Why am I blanking? Um, but, it, again, it's kind of like what I loved about Batman Arkham. It's like... This game looks like it's just going back to making fun, cooperative, multiplayer action, hack and slash fun times. Like it's not, 
I, I when I look at this game, I'm not trying to study the, the frames to find out the exact millisecond I need to parry and dodge roll. I'm not thinking about upgrading my my sword and what's the best loadout to encounter the goblin beast level 47 necromancer. I'm just running around. I'm hacking them, slashing. It's side scrolling goodness. The art style is beautiful. It looks like an absolute blast. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's not groundbreaking. It's not revolutionary, but it looks like an absolute fuck ton of fun. You know, I, I want, I don't know, I more pizza, less Brussels sprouts, fewer Brussels sprouts. I'm aware of the artistic things. I'm aware you can put balsamic glaze and truffle uh, oil and Parmesan cheese and parsley on, on, on Brussels, on roasted Brussels sprouts. I've seen it done. They are delicious and they are good. And they are worth money. But at the end of the day, I'm more inclined to go with pizza. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. I don't need souls everything. I don't need to parry and dodge roll my way out of everything. That's what a job's for. Okay? When it comes to my video games, I want pizza. Towerborn looks like fucking pizza. Hack and slash, 2D, up the four player. Have a good time with your buddies. Have them over. Get some non-alcoholic Odul's beer. Stock up the refrigerator, wait till it's just warm enough to say, hey, it's not cold yet. Crack them open and play this fucking pepperoni pizza of a game because it looks like a great time. Terrorborn 2024, I'm here for it. Stoic, you have my attention. Another Game Pass game. Another one of those games that I think is just a perfect get for Game Pass. This is the kind of game where maybe it wouldn't sell 5 million copies if you released it for $20 on the Xbox store as an indie game, as an ID at Xbox game. But maybe 5 million people will play this game in a week when you put it on Game Pass. In fact, they will. And guess what? The majority of these people are going to play this game and be like, that's a lot of fun. And it's awesome because you know what's good? Pepperoni pizza is good. You know what's good even when you're tired of pizza? Pepperoni pizza. You know what's not always good? Brussels sprouts with truffle oil, Parmesan, balsamic glaze, and parsley. Okay. I'm just, I'm just being honest, man. Get out of here, Souls games. Get your fucking, get your fucking $12 Brussels sprouts out of my face. Your $18 cocktails. When the fuck did cocktails become $18? All right, so that's it for all the games that are absolutely confirmed for 2024, even though some of them don't have hard dates yet. We can expect all of those games to come in 2024 until the inevitable blah, blah, blah has been delayed, blah, blah, blah has been delayed, blah, blah, blah has been delayed. But for now, we're assuming all those games are coming in 2024. Now, I just want to, this next part, we don't have to dwell on this for too long because there's really not a lot to say about this, but I just want to kind of list out some, because Xbox owns Activision now, there's so many IP, so many studios, so many games. I just want to list out Xbox games that have been announced that we don't have release dates for but we should keep on our radar, right? These are games that we might see at a summer showcase. We might see at Summer Game Fest. We might see at the Game Awards in December. Uh, we might see at a random Xbox showcase that pops up in like January or something like we had last year. I don't know. But th this is a list of Xbox games just to kind of comprehensively categorize, you know, Redfall, off the list, it's out now. Starfield, off the list, it's out now, right? Hellblade, Avowed, we're expecting those in the next 12 months or less, right? So like... What are the games that are like long term? What are we what are we thinking of? Let's get the list together and, and try to remember what all we have on the roadmap because there's quite a lot to get through. So 
Clockwork Revolution, first-person RPG by In Exile. We had it revealed last year. Looks fucking phenomenal. I don't expect this game for a couple more years, but we got that. Contraband. This is the Avalanche game that's being done as a second-party title for Xbox Game Studios. They're publishing it. We don't know anything about it. Multiplayer sandbox game. That's all they ever said. We got a CG trailer like two years ago. Never saw the game again. What the fuck is up with that? Do we see it in 2024? If not, I'm assuming this game's in deep shit. Real development hell. Maybe this game gets canceled. Maybe this is the Xbox Series X's generation or um, version of this generation's version of Scalebound. I don't know. Does Contraband get canceled? What the fuck is Contraband? All right. Number three, Elder Scrolls 6. Big fat laugh if you think we're seeing this game anytime soon. We are not. But now that Bethesda's not Bethesda Game Studios has Starfield out, this is the next game on their uh, on their to do list. Everwild, this is Rare's next game. The guys making uh, that makes Sea of Thieves. Now we know this game had some internal kind of reboot or something like that. Uh, but we have we saw a trailer a couple of years ago and then never saw it again. So maybe maybe we see this game this year. I don't know. What is this game? We don't know. I'm very curious to learn more about it. All right, next up is Fable. Fable is the one that has me the most confused because I thought the assumption was Fable is a 2024 game. But now I think people are saying it's a 2025 game. Either way, I think the plan is to have this game out in the next 12 to 18 months. So Fable, even if we don't get it this year, is at the very least, I think, um, uh, uh very, very much uh, a game we're going to see extensively this year because it will probably come out next year. So if the big Western RPG game for 2024 is avowed, that means 2025's game is Fable. You know, one of these a year. If that's the idea, then probably Fable next year. I assume we'll see quite a bit of it. I'm excited to see extensive gameplay, not snippets, extensive gameplay a fable this year. So that's five. Number six is Indiana Jones machine games, Indiana Jones game. Speaking of games that have been announced for a while that we haven't seen Indiana Jones. I still don't think we get this game till 2025 or maybe even 2026, but I do think this is the year where we get to see, um, where we get to see gameplay. So I am very much expecting and looking forward to Indiana Jones gameplay reveal this year. Let's make it happen because if you think about it, Bethesda, Bethesda doesn't really have a whole lot in the in, in the in the in the cooker right now, right? It's like okay, Indiana Jones, Elder Scrolls, which is forever away. You know, we got we got to get something revealed from from um, from Bethesda, and uh, I think Indiana Jones is going to be that game. Speaking of Bethesda, next up is Marvel's Blade. This this game just got announced. I don't think we see it at all this year. I think what we saw at the Game Awards is all we hear about this game for at least a year. This is probably a 2026 game, maybe a 2027 game. So Marvel's Blade, I I, I don't I don't think we're gonna hear anything about it this year. Maybe just maybe we get a story about what's going on with the exclusivity fiasco surrounding it. People are assuming it's Xbox exclusive, but Xbox didn't say anything about it. Maybe we get that story this year, but I don't think we see this game at all otherwise. All right, next up is OD. This is the new Hideo Kojima game that's not a game that he's working with Jordan Peele on. We just saw the Game Awards. What is it? I don't fucking know. I think maybe we see this game in a year. I think this is another one of those games where 
it's 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 not Xbox's duty to show this game and talk about this game. It is Jeff Keighley's job because he is Hideo Kojima's boyfriend, and it is it is most likely we will we'll not hear about this game until the Game Awards. So if we see it this year, it'll be in December. Otherwise, I think ODE goes back to being uh being a silent game. All right, next up, Perfect Dark. This is another one of those games. So the initiative in conjunction now with uh with Crystal Dynamics. If we do not see Perfect Dark gameplay this year, an extensive gameplay reveal with a target release date, even if it's even if it's not specific, I'm talking about like 2025. But if we don't see it this year, this game's in deep doo doo, and it's already been in deep doo doo. But I think I think the plan is to put Perfect Dark out in 2025 into have a big gameplay reveal for 2024. So I'm fully expecting to see this game's gameplay reveal this summer alongside Indiana Jones and Fable and Contraband and maybe Everwild. So I know it's wishful thinking, but that's what I'm expecting. And then the next two games also go on that same exact list where I'm expecting full gameplay reveals for these games with potential 2025 release date release years south of midnight and state of decay three south of midnight from compulsion games the guys that did we happy few in state of decay three um the the sequel to state of decay two <laughs> from from undead labs so again both of these games where are they they've been in development for so long we know state of decay has apparently had some development troubles so, State of Decay, South of Midnight, Perfect Dark, Indiana Jones, Fable, Contraband, and maybe Everwild, although just to be nice, we'll leave Everwild off the list just to keep it simple. Those are six games I fully expect to see gameplay of, release dates for this year, and then we get them in the next 18 months or so. Like, this is... We're at that point, man. It's like, I mean... Come on, man. I mean, like most of these games, State of the K3, we've known about for years. Perfect Dark, we've known about for years. Indiana Jones, we've known about for years. Fable, we've known about it for so many years. So many years. I I, I had baby teeth last, when we first heard about that game. Um, Everwild, we've heard about it for a couple of years. Contraband, we've heard about it for a couple of years. Like, now's the fucking time. We're at that shit or get off the pot moment for these games. Not, um... And I mean, I think 2024 seems, in my opinion, just slightly underwhelming. Um, if we're talking about first party, it's like we got Avowed, we got uh, we got Avowed, we got Hellblade, and then what else, you know? I mean, maybe Contraband ends up coming out this year. Maybe there's like a surprise launch thing on it. I fucking doubt it. But I think Xbox is missing a game or two this year. And obviously, it'll have Call of Duty because now they got Activision and all that stuff. But considering how much they own now, I feel like 2024 seems a little bit slim for Xbox. And I thought the original plan was to get Fable out this year, but I guess not. So this this year better be the year of extensive gameplay reveals and hard release dates. All right, so that's it for what's coming up this year what we expect this year. Now I do want to touch on hardware a little bit because obviously later last year we had um, those, those crazy leaks that Microsoft accidentally leaked um, with all the hardware stuff that they were working on. And a lot of those plans have probably changed. A lot of those things are probably never coming to fruition or coming in different ways, but supposedly this year 
if those internal documents are still to be believed and they're still up to date and current and accurate, we're going to get the Xbox Series X refresh, Project Brooklyn, that round cylindrical looking Xbox Series X that is discless. It has a couple updates and enhancements for the same price of $500 US. Um, I mean, they've been doing big discounts on Series X and S consoles, so maybe they are expecting refresh hardware this year. There's also a Series S refresh that's apparently on the way this year. And then also and then also the Sibyl controller, which is that new um, DualSense style controller that has all the crazy features, the always connected thing, the pick up and play, uh, Bluetooth features, all that stuff, haptics. And so it could be a big year for Xbox in terms of hardware. Um, I, I think the, 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 the big thing here to note is that PlayStation is going to re- release a PlayStation 5 Pro this year in 2024. And Xbox seems fully set on not having an Xbox Series X version X or whatever you want to call it. And so we're going to have a weird thing at some point this year where you look at the latest generation of gaming hardware and at the bottom of the spectrum is going to be the Xbox series S. Then the middle is going to be the PS five and the Xbox series X. And at the upper end of the spectrum is going to be the PS five pro and play and Xbox. Isn't going to have anything. So in the middle will be both of them at the bottom will be Xbox. And at the top will be PlayStation in terms of hardware performance and, and technicality and technical power and everything. And even though, you know, a box like the Series S will always outsell a box like a PS5 Pro. Optically, it doesn't look good for Xbox to be known as the place with the lowest powered console and PlayStation is the place with the highest powered console. And so I feel like even if it is a niche product, kind of like the Xbox One X was, it's still something you kind of are obligated to do is put out that more powerful machine just for your most hardcore audience just to kind of give them a little something and, and, and as a means of staying competitive with, with your major competitor and being like, hey, we have a, a more powerful box in our arsenal too. We're not falling behind in any way. And I find that just especially odd because Xbox has historically just been, you know, under Phil Spencer's leadership especially, just been so big on the whole, like, the world's most powerful gaming console, Teraflops, Teraflops. You know, like, they, they've been in the shitter for, they've, they've, they've been criticized for that stuff so many times. And, and now they're seemingly okay with seeding that ground to PlayStation. So I'm really curious to see what they do with hardware. I'm not totally convinced that the stuff that leaked is exactly what we're getting at this point. That, that's old info. Um, so I'm really curious about that. But we will have to wait and see. At the very least, I'm very excited about this Sibyl controller or whatever. I wanted to get a new Xbox controller over the holiday period just to get a refreshed, nicer controller to play with as my, my current controllers are getting really used and worn out and, and beat up. Uh, but I, I'm holding out because I'm waiting for this controller. I really want to see this thing. I have a strong feeling we're going to get it by sometime this summer. And so really looking forward to seeing that that bad boy this year, hopefully. All right. And then I have a prediction for 2024. This isn't like a list of predictions. I was going to do a list of them, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be disingenuous and just come up with shit just to come up with shit for entertainment's sake. But I do have one prediction that I want to throw out there. I don't fully believe in this, but I feel like an opportunity is potentially here and Xbox has to pursue this, this possibility to the furthest extent, if it really is an opportunity for them. And that is that I think in 2024, Microsoft 
should reacquire Bungie. They should, right now, Bungie is a mess. They are hemorrhaging money. They are doing horribly right now with, with, with player retention and revenue from Destiny. Um, their next game, Marathon, is a little ways off. And PlayStation is clearly struggling with them right now. PlayStation's owned them for, uh, I think, in a, in a month or two, it'll be, what, two years since they, they acquired them? Is that how that works? Holy shit. How did time go by that fast? Anyway, so yeah, PlayStation bought them almost two years ago. And I think PlayStation regrets it. They've been, they're losing money. They came in to evaluate PlayStation's games as a service efforts. PlayStation now seems to be not backing away from but de-emphasizing the amount of effort they put into this games as a service initiative that they're headed towards. And it just seems like it went from like PlayStation wanted Bungie to help them become a better games as a service platform to now PlayStation has to jump in and help Bungie because Bungie is flailing and needs some support from a, from a bigger publisher. And I almost wonder if PlayStation is just going to be like, this is, terrible right now and 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 talent is at such a premium that we could probably just get rid of you guys and 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 barely lose any money on on selling you off despite not really having got anything from you in the two years that we owned you and we know that xbox you know not phil spencer didn't come out and say it but we know from murmurings and rumors leading up to before playstation acquired bungie that sony was very or xbox was very interested in potentially reacquiring bungie and I don't know, man. It's like, if you're going to spend big money on a team you don't need to be spending money on, I'd rather it be Xbox buying Bungie than it be Xbox buying Activision because at least Bungie feels at home with Xbox, you know? <laughs> at least you can get the Halo guys back in the Xbox ecosystem. I'm not saying buy Bungie and force them to make a Halo game, although maybe that's what you need to do to get them to to, to get back on, on track. I don't fucking know. I don't really believe that. But I do think... Xbox and Bungie are a lot more like peanut butter and jelly than Sony and Bungie. I think Sony and Bungie are a little bit more like, um, it's like, like a, like Turkey and jelly, you know, it'd be like micro if Microsoft bought, if Microsoft bought naughty dog, it's like, it's like cheese and peanut butter. It's like two things that don't go together, but are supposed to go on a sandwich, but just not that sandwich, you know? So I, I think Microsoft should come in, knock on Sony's door and be like, Hey, Looks like you guys made a purchasing mistake with Bungie. This isn't panning out for you. We're Microsoft. We can afford to hemorrhage money, and we're so good at buying studios that don't put out games in good time. I mean, just look at our roster of games. We got fucking Undead Labs and the Initiative and all these teams. And they're the poster child of how to not put out a game in a reasonable time frame. Let's just uh, let's just go ahead and buy Bungie off your hands, and maybe Microsoft can get a little bit of a deal on it. Sony will take a little bit of a loss, but at the end of the day. Microsoft will get Bungie. Sony will get away from this deal that they clearly shouldn't have gotten involved in in the first place. And the world will be back at back in order. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe that is something Microsoft should aggressively pursue this year. Um, they acquired Activision, so nothing is off the table at this point. And Microsoft has said that they're still looking for more acquisitions even after Activision. So might as well do one that makes sense. I think Bungie makes sense for Xbox. Go for Bungie. That's, that's where I am on this. So that is my prediction, my wild prediction for 2024. I don't think it will necessarily come true, but it is my wild prediction nonetheless. And with that said, that is it. That is it for our 2024 Xbox overview. Games that we know are coming out. Games that we assume are coming out. 
games that are to be determined, um, predictions, uh, hardware updates for the year. It's a busy year for Xbox. It's not the busiest year, but if they play their cards right, things don't get delayed. If the games deliver, you know, if everything goes according to plan, I think Xbox could have a solid year. You get Avowed, you get Towerborn, you get Hellblade 2, you get Stalker 2, you get Black Ops Gulf War, you get a Diablo expansion, you get maybe a Starfield expansion. I feel like you got yourself, you know, a couple of 33 Immortals, some other Game Pass games here and there. I think you got yourself a pretty damn solid lineup for 2024. Flight Simulator, whatever, go for it. Um, so I, I think Xbox has the potential to have a pretty decent year because I also want to just put out, I think this is going to be a slow year for everyone. I don't think PlayStation is going to have an exceptionally good year. I don't think PlayStation had an exceptionally good year last year. They had Spider-Man and basically nothing else. Um, I, 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 it looks like Nintendo may or may not put out a new console this year. Regardless, this is going to be a significantly slower year than last year was. And if Xbox plays their cards right, I think they're in a position where they could have one of the strongest showings this year of all the all the big publishers. And so here's hoping, you know, Xbox has a killer 2024. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for pretty much everything except the comments. I got a couple of comments to get through here for write-ins. So let's jump in these real quick. These are some miscellaneous comments from the past couple of weeks that we haven't been able to get into just due to the different shows we've been doing. Um, but let's get into these comments to round us out for uh, our first episode of 2024. And then next week, we will go back into the regular show. We'll have all the regular segments, do everything as we always do. Uh, but I thought this was kind of a fun little little, little familiar, a little different uh, kind of thing to do. And uh, so, yeah, let's let's kick us off. So, you know, how it goes YouTube.com slash Xbox on podcast. Thank you to all those who subscribe. We are almost at eleven hundred followers uh, or subscribers or whatever the fuck you call them. Um, if you have podcast services that you use to listen to Xbox on, please leave a five star review. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever the fuck you use. I what do I even use now? I think now I use the thing called Pocket Cast. I started using. Yeah, I started using a new podcast service. I use Pocket Cast. It's fucking great. If you're on Android, I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, whatever whatever service you use, if you would uh, leave a five-star review, it'd help a lot. Just trying to get the show out there, grow it. In 2024, my plan is to get the show so big that every other Xbox podcast has to delist themselves because they simply cannot compete with the might and majestic power that is me talking about Ingles shopping market for 30 minutes at the top of the show. But our first comment this week comes in from none other than Mr. Kronke, who writes and says, Loved Hunter on the show last week. Super fun. I wish I could see more of these fun movies like Godzilla Minus One, but they are only in theaters, but the only theaters remotely near me that show uh, that shows on big releases, which is hard for me. I love indie art house stuff, if you hadn't noticed. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, I, th- I feel like Godzilla Minus One ended up kind of getting s- spread to a bunch of theaters. I feel like every theater around me was playing it, but only for like two weeks. I missed it too. I really wanted to see that. But uh, anyway, you continue on and talk about video games. You guys talked about who should make a new Star Wars Battlefront. The correct answer would be PopCap. The Garden Warfare guys basically make a new Battlefront. Basically make new Battlefront games. That is actually a really good point. Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare actually does have a lot of Star Wars Battlefront DNA. And that, I think, is a pretty good response. Um, and they are also EA, which is even better. So... That actually makes sense. Cronky, that is a perfect response, I, I think. So, yeah. Give PopCap Star Wars. Let them make a Battlefront game. Why not? What happened to um, 
Garden Warfare. Why didn't we ever get another one? I don't know. They did that third one, I think, that didn't do too well. I don't know. Mike Clark wrote in right around Christmas time and said, Hello and Merry Christmas, Jesse, to the number one Xbox podcast. Thank you. Hope you get plenty of new games and Taco Bell gift cards. I did and I didn't. Uh, Obsidian being denied a spinoff for Fallout just sucked. Todd Howard is such an insecure ch- child. That is a, 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 um, to reply to an old episode. Rest in peace, James McCaffrey. Always be Max Payne to me. Amen. Re- uh, to Remedy, Alan Wake 2 has sold 850k uh, copies. Delightfully digital only. Um hope whatever uh, pennies and dollars they've saved by not offering physical copies was worth it. I don't think the physical thing had much to do with Ryman, with Alan Wake 2's performance. I think that game was always kind of a cult game. I'm actually, I actually think 850, especially for the budgets they develop games under, is not terribly shabby for them. But I don't know. Maybe the, maybe they consider that a failure. I don't know. Uh, then you said brownies are awesome. Love Donna, but uh, but yeah, sugar is the devil. Um, that is a reference to a passing comment we made two weeks ago that I don't remember. And then you talked about Sega and you said, I have a feeling that Crazy Taxi will be an online game with tons of monetization stuff, sadly. Still excited for how it turns out. I think you might be right. That might be more of a mobile game than a console game, but here's hoping it ends up being a fun game nonetheless. Uh, with game, you know, with, with stuff like um, Genshin Impact these days, we're, we're blurring the lines between mobile and console games, so who knows? You also said Mario Wonder is a fantastic game. That Nintendo polish is what makes it special. Sonic Superstars is also a great game, but they play very, very differently. Love them both. What is this? Is this me? Is this me writing a comment to me? What is what is happening here? Hellblade 2 was announced in December 2019 and will release in 2024. So five years sounds about right. The problem was Xbox had no games for their new Xbox and had to show something. See Matt Booty. And of course, they announced it way too early. Remain calm. Ninja Theory is not Bethesda, LOL. Yeah, but still. I mean, again, I understand this is on Xbox. I'm not blaming Ninja Theory for it, but it's just, I mean, holy fuck. In the marketing hype around, and that's the thing that's starting to get me about Hellblade. It's like the, the marketing hype behind it. When I think clearly Avowed is your bigger game, but um, I don't know. I think they're just trying to lean into what the market likes these days, and I, I guess that makes sense, but, like, Avowed's going to be a better game. <laughs> I will never understand what Matt Booty has done uh, to make him the leader of one of the largest publishing studios in the world. Can Rod Ferguson get his own studio, please? A fucking man. And then finally you said, uh, about Marvel's new Blade game, it'll be very cool, but let's not pretend not only how great it could be, uh, but that we will never get a Spider-Man, X-Men, or Wolverine in sales and popularity. Uh, or that Blade will never be as popular as those games. Yes. Uh, it is a step in the right direction as Xbox needs third-person narrative-driven games. Uh, they have had a hole in that genre for a long time. So here's hoping that Blade, Indiana Jones, Fable, and Hellblade not only satisfy that, maybe even Perfect Dark, honestly. Or is Perfect Dark going to be first person? I forget. Uh, not only, I think, I, I don't know. I feel like... Per- Perfect Dark might be third person. I feel like they might Tomb Raider it. I don't know. No, uh, anyway, those games might not only satisfy, but they also excite the buying public to look at Xbox in a different light. Hope everyone has a safe and fantastic Christmas holiday and looks forward to uh, a holiday re- uh, reward show. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. It ended up happening. Um, yeah, thank you for writing in. And, and I, I do think that is the big takeaway of Blade. It, it's, it's so Xbox, right? It's like all the Xbox fans are so focused on like, Oh my God, Xbox got a Marvel game. Xbox got a Marvel game. But it's like, listen, I'm going to play Blade. I think Blade's cool. I think he's a cool character. I think 
it is a good character for video games and that should translate to a fun game. But let's not kid ourselves here. Getting Blade is not on the same level as like they got Spider-Man. They got fucking uh, Black Panther. They got Iron Man. You know, it's not it's not one in the same. Getting Blade is like, oh, PlayStation got Ant-Man. We got Blade. You know, that's what it's like. Although I think most would assume that uh, would, would agree that a, a Blade game sounds a lot more badass than an Ant-Man game. But you get the point, right? There's, there's tiers, you know, there's A tier superheroes, B tier superheroes. Blade's somewhere in the CD tier, not because he's not cool, but because there hasn't been some movie or thing in, in, in the Blade universe that has lit the world on fire the way Spider-Man or X-Men have. And that's just the truth. Anyway, thank you for writing in. Hope you had a wonderful New Year, Mike. Uh, Mr. Mag wrote in and says, Hi, Jesse. Apologies for lack of comments. I promise I actually listen every week. Anyways, I want to steal a page from your buddy Hunter and give my top five games I want to play. I haven't played much in 2023. And then you went on and did that. Uh, we already talked about that last week. So I will then move on to where you said, Honorable mention is Super Mario Bros. Wonder because I haven't played it a few times, but I do own it. Anyway, I also just wanted to pull my hair out. Oh, sorry. Let me let me go back and read this because we didn't do this last week. There's a reason I put this here. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is not your top five favorite games played in 2023. This is the games that you want to play but did not play. So, yeah, let's read them. You said top five games you didn't play last year that you wish you played or you want to play. Spider-Man 2, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, RoboCop Rogue City, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Super Mario RPG. What are you, just Hunter? Hunter, is this you? Is this your alternate account? I thought Hunter wasn't a car guy. Why do you like cars so much, Mr. Maug? Who are you? Please stop lying to me. But anyway, you also said, I wanted to pull my hair out every time you guys mixed up Gotham Knights and Arkham Knights. No, I know the difference. Gotham Knights is the new one that everyone hates, and Arkham Knight is the 2015 one that everyone hates because he had the Batmobile too much. Thank you. I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, Mr. Maug, thank you for writing in. Hope you have a wonderful week. And our final comment of the week comes from Headhunting Halo, that sexy son of a bitch who says, Hope everyone had a good holiday. I'm looking forward to Skull and Bones. And this is my favorite because multiple people thumbed it up. So I feel like everyone read this and thought, oh, he's trolling. Hope everyone had a good holiday. I'm looking forward to Skull and Bones. That's like when I go to the, the buffet and I say, uh, I'll pass on the fucking steak, fried chicken, pizza, pasta, uh, meat carving station, mac and cheese, and uh, cakes. And I'll just head straight for the colored greens. Thank you very much. Headhunting Halo. If you were my child, right now I would tell you to go get a switch. Bend yourself over my leg and let me fucking whip, whoop your ass. Headhunting Halo. That is what I would do to you right now. But... You're not my child, so I will not do that because you will either, one, tell the cops on me or two, probably get uh, excited in a way that I don't wish for you to be. And that will that will bring on a whole new set of problems that Skull and Bones even won't be able to fix. So because I can't do those things, I will simply end uh, our podcast here by saying thank you for the write-in. You are now in comment timeout. I don't want to hear from you for two weeks for saying that about Skull and Bones. I love you but you had to learn your lesson. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Xbox on podcast. The first episode of 2024. Here we are. Spider-Man two turns 20 years old this year. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to fucking do about it? Dr. Octopus. All right. Be well, take care. 
Eat good food, play fun video games, and power your dreams. Hey, it's Ben Shapiro. Happy 2024 to Xbox On, my favorite podcast, Death to All Other Woke Podcasts. 